Mary Holmes here, our personal finance expert. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jesse. <clears throat> nice um, to the, talk to you. Yeah, you go on. too. The Beatles were famously on a rooftop. They did. Uh, I don't know if you count that as a music video, no. and I thought it might be a bit of a dead giveaway. But <laughs> yes, what was the too. song? What was the Beatles song? I can't remember. It was right at the end of their time together, wasn't it? Right at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, our technical um, operator, is making some noise. Which one was it? There were a few, okay. Oh, they did a concert yeah. on top of it. Yeah, they did. It was neat. Yeah, yeah. Don't Let Me yes. Down is uh, the one that uh, springs to mind. Um, yeah. And Head Like a Hole, the New Zealand band, did their own rooftop concert, uh, their cover of the Bruce Springsteen song, I'm on Fire. Anyway, you're not mm. here to talk about music videos. <laughs> oh, you're always welcome to. I think to. it's more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a good one. And in fact, a lot of people are thinking about this at the moment with um, property prices possibly bottoming out. And yeah. some people might be thinking, well, if that's as low as they're going to go, uh, I'm out. Yeah, because they're only going back down to where they were before they boomed mm. in, in the COVID year, actually. Um, yeah, and so they're still way too expensive for a lot of people. And, you know, I think a lot of people are quite depressed about it. So. In fact, last time I was in here in RNZ. Before I came into the studio with you, I was talking to a couple of people in the control room, three uh, younger people, and they were sort of saying, oh, look, we've pretty much given up on home ownership. And I thought, gosh, here's three people with good jobs, um, you know, bright people Mm. out there in the world um, saying, They've they've just decided they're in a generation who won't get to do it. Yeah, and feeling really negative about it. And I thought, well, no, it's doesn't have to be all negative. Although, I mean, just noting the trend, back in the early 90s, before then, the, the percentage of, of homes that were households that owned their own home was rising and rising, and it got up to um, nearly three quarters of mm-hmm. homes. And now it's down below two thirds. So uh-huh. then the trend just turned back downwards, um, probably coinciding with the fact that house prices relative to incomes started turning around that point as well. As well. They mm. were used to be about three times the average income. The average household income and the average price of a house was about three times the average mm-hmm. household income. And in recent years, it's got up to sort of... 9 and 10, I think, and even more in some parts of the country. I think we topped that chart. I remember seeing an economist um, graph of where all all the countries were, and I think New Zealand was the worst in the world. Yes, yes, which is is the 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 only really valid measure is is house prices relative to incomes. If you Mm. just look at dollars, it doesn't mean much Mm. because incomes are different in different countries and all of that. But... Um, so that's what's happened. And, and and I will just mention too, some people may have heard this uh, conversation on Morning Report today. They were talking to some real estate agents and they were saying they are seeing more first home buyers in auctions yeah. at the moment. A, a greater proportion of homes are going to first home buyers compared to the last few years. Some yes. optimistic signs. Yeah. yeah, I heard that too. And, and, and not that many um, investment property buyers mm. in the market at the moment and I thought, well, that's actually quite good for first-home buyers because they haven't got the, you know, these landlords and and mm. going coming to auctions and outbidding them furiously, mm. which is what's happened in 
recent years quite often. I think people, you know, terribly sad. They go along to an auction with great hopes, having done all their homework, and then someone way outbids them. Yeah, which is which is terribly discouraging. And um, a lot of people have found that um, not that many people are buying without family help. You know, so if you're in a family that can help you, parents often that can help you. Public Trust just recently did a survey, and they found that fifty-seven um, percent of home homeowners received help from family to buy the home. So way more than, well, considerably more than half mm. um, got family help to do it, either getting money from the family or getting the property. I mean, quite quite often, probably inheriting it actually. Mm. Um, but as and as home ownership's going down, people aren't being able to inherit properties from their parents because the parents, well, that will increasingly happen, didn't, didn't own the property in the first place, you know. So the trend is, it's worrying because it must be increasing inequality in New Zealand. You know, already there's trends that, that the society's becoming more unequal. Mm. And if the people with reasonably well-off families are able to buy and the others aren't. It just exacerbates that, yeah. really. It's and, and the public trust found in their survey that attitudes are changing. Young people are not really looking at home ownership as a milestone anymore. They're just, whereas in my generation, we certainly did. You know, most of us, most of the people I knew, we bought homes quite young, actually, mm. and um, it was doable mm. back then. But... Um, but so on, that's all the bad news. Yes, on a more positive, positive note, it can work quite well to be a long-term renter. You know, um, and I think New Zealanders are so stuck in this. You've got to own your own home, mm-hmm. and that's the message pe- young people's parents are giving them. Um, and it's not necessarily true. I mean, look, I'm not denying that when you're a tenant. It's hard in a lot of ways. One thing, a landlord can come along and sell the property and you have to move out. And in fact, that happened to my son at one point. He and his partner were told the place would be available for quite a few years, and they started really developing a garden. And then a year later, uh. oh, we're sorry, we've changed our mind, we're going to sell. And they'd actually planted little shrubs and all sorts of things <laughs> there, you know, and they That's were devastated tough. by that. We, we got um, our marching orders uh, from a rental property as our first baby was about to be born. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, those are the kind of things that, that happen unsettling. to tenants. And yeah. there's no no denying that. But there are more and more build-to-rent properties being built around the country. You know, they're, um, they're like apartment buildings that are being built for, and I, I, I think individual people buy the apartments as landlords mm. and then rent them out and they're not they're more long a long term lease mm. idea they're not we've um, covered on this show uh, there's an organisation Simplicity Living um, oh, yes. which is a combination of a Kiwi KiwiSaver provider and a housing developer that yes. have really gone in to create those sorts of homes. yes mm. yes Simplicity is doing some interesting stuff in, in that area um, and they're not the only ones. I think that it is a trend that's happening around the country. And so as more um, big buildings are being built as as um, rental, long-term rental property, we're going to see more of the European-type situation where people, are, you know, in, in parts of Germany, Switzerland, Belgium, countries like that, people, the majority of people, I think, in some cases, don't ever own a home and do fine. They 
have long, long-term mm-hmm. leases, and they're there for good. And that's something that I think New Zealanders can start looking out for. If you're thinking, okay, I'm going to be a long-term renter, tell your landlord, new landlord that. My idea would be to, that both of you might say, let's have a, a year's trial run. We'll have a year's yeah. lease. But then if things are going well, sign up for a 10-year lease, which can suit both sides ah. really well. You know, from the landlord's point of view, they've got a good yeah. person in there. And they're, Would they're that staying. hold up legally, though, if they if they suddenly decided, oh, for whatever reason, I'm going to need to sell it? or I don't know. Mm. I, I'm not sure about all of that. I do know that the law has made it harder for landlords just to boot people out. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm, I, I'm not an expert in that. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, At least an agreement anyway. Yes. You know, whether it's a legally binding one or not. Yeah. Just let each other know should, your intentions. and Yeah. Should hold usually, mm. I, I hope. Yeah. And look, the the advantages of renting, there's, there's quite a few of them, I reckon. Um those of us who own homes know about the sort of worries we have about maintenance of the house. You know, you, there are things that some friend says to you, oh, you're going to have to do some work on that soon. And it kind of hangs over you uh-huh. um, psychologically as well as financially, I think, sometimes because, oh, gosh, I'm not quite sure how to do that, etc. cetera. Um, as a tenant, it's often easier to live close to downtown, which can work really well for quite a few people, not everybody, but mm-hmm. but that quite often works. It's much easier to move house if you're um, if you're a tenant. You can do it much more easily, much cheaper than than if you own a house. And and another thing, when we're looking at the finances of it, if you're um, because because I'm going to get to this in a minute, I might as well cut to it now. The way to make this work is to save quite seriously. Um, for retirement because if you, in fact, don't ever buy a house, you're going to need a lot more money in retirement than people who've got a mortgage-free home at that point. And so you've really got to get in and save quite seriously um, for your accommodation yeah, for the rest for of your life. for your ongoing rental, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the big advantage of that for people who don't own a home is that you can <laughs> invest quite broadly in shares, bonds, you know, index funds and all of that and get that diversification and quite often faster growth than your friend who's all their investments really going into their house um, also, while they're guess, paying off the mortgage. Is this the right yeah. word? You'd have more liquidity, like if your investments, Absolutely. if you needed some money, you could take out a chunk. Yeah, it's a good point. Mm. It's a good point. Yes, yes. You can Whereas your chart. friend who might have a $2 million house, but... Yeah. How do they get a thousand bucks if they need Yes, it? that's quite right. Mm. In, in an emergency, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Another plus we can have okay. for renting. I think so, it's the first time I've ever added to your notes, Mary. Oh, it's a great day after no, how many years Jesse, with you on the show. That's not true. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> You've done it often. Um, um, so, so, yeah, so it's not, I, I'm not just saying, oh, yeah, look, look, just don't, just give up on buying a house and, and continue. Um, enjoying the fact that it costs less for you to rent than it does for your friend to own a home because then you're going to face quite a dismal retirement if you do that. But what I suggest people do is ask a friend who's got a home how much they spend each month on their mortgage, on their rates and their insurance and their maintenance, um, and basically save the same amount. I mean, you, you're paying rent, and I think in the vast majority of cases, 
rent is not going to be as high as all of those, the mortgage and the rates and the mm. insurance and the maintenance. And by the way, when you're asking a friend how much they spend on maintenance, quite often they'll say nothing. I didn't spend anything this year or, or last year. Um, but that can suddenly catch up to you. You, you A new roof, spend, for example. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or something suddenly starts leaking or something. Yeah. So you end up having to spend a lot of money. So don't sort of be too... Um, casual about how much you might be spending on maintenance, but so if if the renter is saving up that sort of amount of money, um, you've got this great big, you know, you're hopefully retiring then with, I don't know, half a million or something like mm-hmm. that. We we we're talking about here to to make sure you've got a comfortable retirement. Um, the, and the thing about doing that is that you can change your mind at any point too. You've, you've, meanwhile, this, these savings you're building up could be a nice big deposit on a home. And quite often when people have kids or, or perhaps they um, really want a garden that they can really develop or as they're retiring they say, look, I really do want my own home at this point. Mm. And they can, you can still do that. You can change your mind whenever you want to. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another point about that, and I've, I'm really reluctant to ever predict what's going to happen to house prices or share prices or anything yeah. like that, but we were talking earlier about house prices relative to, to incomes, yeah. and I just can't believe that they're going to stay that far out of whack in New Zealand where house prices are sort of eight, nine, ten times the average income. You feel like something's got to give. Yeah, Yeah. it feels to me, even though maybe in the current downturn of house prices they have stopped falling, maybe. That's what some people are are guessing, really. Can I just Um, share the perspective of someone on text who points out that, that maybe that, you know, nine incomes to one house value um sounds a lot worse than it used to be, but we sometimes have or often have two incomes now contributing to the mortgage, yes. whereas 30 years ago it would have been much more common to have just one income. Have just one, household. or more like 50 probably years ago. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we are talking about total household incomes. Yeah. And, and, and that oh, is, is total household. It's total household okay. incomes, yes. And okay. so. Um, All right, you win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. The. Um, so anyway, I, yes, I think, look, I th- wouldn't be surprised if I'm talking over the next couple of decades, yeah. really, that house prices relative to incomes. Well, the the other thing that can happen is that house prices might just stop falling, but they might not rise very fast. And mm. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens for quite a while. And yeah. meanwhile, incomes are rising. And so they, we can catch up that way. Yeah, so... In the meantime, just a sort of final thing about where you might put your savings. Mm. Um, you can certainly put them in KiwiSaver. It's not a bad place because if you change your mind and want to buy a first home, you can get it out of KiwiSaver. Mm. And if you don't, it's got the money locked in until you're retired, and that's quite good because that's what we're talking about here is actually um, not Discipline squandering saving. your money in the yeah. meantime. Yes, yeah. So, but put it in a higher risk fund in or out of KiwiSaver, I would recommend because that's where you're going to get the long-term growth and don't panic when it goes down, just just stick with it. Um, and if you're really wanting to get serious about getting your money into KiwiSaver or something else, it's a good idea to um, set up automatic transfers from your bank account into 
KiwiSaver or into another fund, every payday, you know, be transferring $50, $100, $200, whatever you can. After a while, you just forget that's happening. It's just building up for you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Mary. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Great to have you in. Mary Holm, talking money. And um, if you want to catch this conversation from the beginning, it'll be up online uh, and on demand in just a few minutes' time. And all the conversations I've had with Mary over the years, uh, probably six or seven years now, we've covered just about every aspect of personal finances. Uh, You can find them on our podcasts page or on Mary's um, own website, maryholm.com